You're listening to Broken Hearted with Althea Branton. Join me for unscripted conversation about heartbreak in all its forms. Instead of getting over heartbreak, move through it. Face your pain and see what happens next. Welcome to Broken Hearted. I'm Althea Branton, breakup coach, and I'm so grateful that you're here. Every so often in your lifetime, there are people that are meant to cross your path to shake things up. And for me, Nick Strack is one of these incredible people. Nick Strack is a parenting coach who helps moms feel less mom guilt and be more present. They're a magnetic and radiant, non-binary, mixed-race human, spouse to a loving man, and mama to a brilliant toddler. In the first half of 2019, they simultaneously supported their mom and brother through eight months of cancer treatment, all while running their coaching business, cultivating intentional relationships, living with their in-laws, and dismantling their internalized biases learned from systems of oppression. The foundational truth of their life's work is the relationship you have with yourself defines the relationship you have with your child. This is the conversation that changed my view on all things related to love and romance and intimate relationships. Now, around the 24-minute mark, you're going to hear a bit of conversation about being a mom and a little bit of my son's puzzle in the background. So just think of it as this is a bonus treat, two moms talking while they hear a bit of a lullaby in the background. Enjoy. Nick, welcome to Broken Hearted. I am uber excited to have this conversation with you today. Thank you. I too am very excited. So what I love about this conversation is it throws out everything I know to be true about the end of a relationship. And it's really something for me to actually say this and bring this out on this platform this means that this is something. It really, I'm so excited to dig deep into this and to dig deep into what can happen at the end of a relationship, what can transpire, the deliciousness, the loveliness, the joy, the happiness, the breakthroughs. And now I can start seeing things from a different perspective. So for that, Nick, thank you. You're welcome. So share with us a little bit about how you went from one relationship into another seamlessly, beautifully, but still had to go through your own journey. Hmm. All right. Um, hey, everyone. So I'm Nick, and my the person I'm talking about being in a relationship with is Eric, and he is my husband of however many years. We've been together for 11 years. <laughs> so um, I'm thinking about what pieces are important for this. And essentially it's, I was in a relationship for two and a half years. And as that relationship was getting to a point where we were deciding, I guess, to like go all in or not, um, we started having conversations that were not landing really well for me. And given the skills and know-how I had at that time, I decided to end the relationship because I didn't see 
a future in it for me that I felt really excited about. Um, and so after I broke up with him, I had already been friends with Eric for about 10 or so months. And I, I wrote a letter to the person that I broke up with after we broke up because he didn't fully, he was like, I don't understand why this is happening. So I wrote him a letter so that he could have that to look at. And I asked Eric to look over it and see if I was sounding like a dick because I wanted to make sure like, I don't want to sound like a dick. I want to be super accountable for all of the reasons why our relationship wasn't working that I contributed to. Um, and so Eric read the letter and said, oh, wow, I didn't know these were reasons that you could break up with someone. Um, I think I need to break up with my girlfriend, too, because he was also in a relationship at the time. Um, and so we had both been in our relationships for about two and a half years. And within weeks of breaking up with our people, we ended up starting to date each other. And I don't even know what the word date means. I will say. <laughs> Neither do I. That's an entirely different conversation. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't even really know if the word date applies here. We just like fell in love and moved in together after like the summer was over. Um, and we've been together for 11 years and it was we joke that it was like the most unexpected and best rebounds that we ever experienced. <laughs> now here's the funny part is, and not funny like haha, but funny more like this makes you think. The funny part about this story is that you guys were both in relationships. Yeah. Ended the relationships and I guess the world outside, society as we know it, would call the relationship that you later entered with Eric your rebound relationship. I right. call it bouncing, personally. Mm. Rebound, ball, bouncing, anywho. But <laughs> effectively, you were bouncing. However, in this period of bouncing, you guys still connected. Yeah. And it, and it wasn't like... Oh, you know, shoot, I've just gotten out of a relationship. I don't know if I could commit to this. Like, there wasn't any of that, was there? Oh, there was. Oh, there super was. <laughs> Amazing. There was so much of that. It was, gosh, so much of the first few months of us being together was doubting. I will, I'm going to stop speaking in the we. I'm just going to speak for myself. Um, for me, so much of the beginning time of being with him was, I don't, I don't know if it's okay for me to feel the way I feel about you. Is this just a rebound? Am I just projecting stuff that I was missing in my last relationship onto you? And because it's so different, this is why I feel this way about you, but it's not actually about you. It's just the thing I've been missing. It's just, it was like on and on and on. And there were people around us who were like, what are you doing? You haven't been alone at all. Um, someone said, I don't know if it's, a case of, uh, I forgot what the first half was. It was like basically a case of oversight or just a case of good timing. You know, the fact that I felt so connected to him so quickly, quickly I'm doing in air quotes. <laughs> um, Amazing. Yeah. And so there was a lot of that. And um, 
I believe that Eric would share that he had a lot of those doubts and hesitations as well. Like, essentially, it would all boil down to, like, could it possibly be this good? Because neither one of us had ever heard a love story about people going straight from one long-term relationship into another one that, like, lasted. But these doubts, Nick, where did these doubts come from, really? Were they from you or were they from the world around you? I mean, I think from me through the world around me. (laughs) I had acquired the conditioning of these stories that cis-heteropatriarchy seems to portray of what it means for people to be in a relationship. And it's, you know, rom-coms and media, just there's so many different avenues for how I got my information about relationships. And I will say, none of them at that point in my life, 11 years ago, and none of them were my definition of, my current definition of like a beautiful, mutually fulfilling, sovereignty honoring, fun, connected, joyful relationship. Like Eric and I are my first example of a relationship like the one that we have. And the only way for you to know that is to actually have gone through that process. Exactly. See, this is where I say to myself, self, <laughs> what, what is influencing me to go out into the world and say the things that I do? And if I sit here and truly take a step back and look at it, it is that exact conditioning. There is, I mean, I've seen all the rom-coms, you name it. And you kind of, when you watch them, you kind of think to yourself, you know, obviously these originated, these stories originated in somebody's head. Right. Right. But there's a part of us that's like, you know, it'd be kind of funny if that really happened. Mm-hmm. And it'd be even more funny if it happened to me. <laughs> a part of us, we want that happy ending. We want that person um, to come running out of the airport wearing only running shoes and be like, don't get on that plane. <laughs> <Don't get laughs> like we, we want that happy ending because we're human. We want to be loved. And there's yes. absolutely nothing wrong with wanting to be loved. No, and I argue that those are not the happy endings. Those are the happy beginnings, right? Like that's the happy ending of the drama that it took for someone to get with someone. And it's like, and then what? Yes. It's the and then what piece that I think we so consistently culturally disregard. Because like, oh, these two people got together. They had five happy minutes together and roll credits. Um, But and then what? Like, what happened after that? And so, um, yeah, like, Eric and I got together. And the and then what? Here I am 11 years later. is like, it's taken a fuckload of work. And intention and conversations and changing and growing and a willingness to have been wrong and to introspect and to ask for what I want and all of these other things in order for me to be able to be where I am in my relationship with him. Um, And 
I do not think that I would have made the same kind of individual progress. And I don't like the word progress. I don't think that I would have evolved as much as an individual if it had not been for his love for me. And see, something that I am a big, or used to be a big (laughs) proponent of, well, I, I guess I still am, but it's just shifted a little bit, is in those moments after your relationship is over, it's important to focus your attention on yourself and eval- reevaluate the relationship that you have with yourself. And sometimes we need space to do it. Yeah. And I know, and I say this from my own experience, when I left my marriage, I needed space to sort my own self out. Yeah. I had my son who was only six months at the time. Um, and I, I just, so looking after an infant and like figuring out, okay, my life has just burned straight to the ground. Where do I go from here? And if I think about in those moments, would I've wanted to entertain having and bringing another person in thinking, did they text me back? Did I say something crazy? Did they ghost me? Did I swipe left or right? Cause I never know if you're supposed to swipe left or right or not. <laughs> would I have had the capacity or the bandwidth to entertain someone else while my life was literally burning to the ground? Probably not. Yeah. But that was my own experience. Yes. So I going out into the world and I'm now sitting here literally talking to you, questioning my own self. And what I'm putting out into the world is, do we really need that space by ourselves? Are we closing ourselves off? for the possibility of that another connection that might come along while we're in the midst of all of this. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, that conditioning, because this is where this comes from, this own this conditioning. And is it possible that we, we could be closing ourselves off from a wonderful connection that was sent to heal us? Because society tells us don't do that, even though people do it all the time, let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm just gonna go get a one night stand, just kind of feel better about myself, like that I categorically just do not agree with. But at the same time, connections are connections, right? People come to us, the universe sends us these connections and they're there, they exist already. Do you think, Nick, that this connection that you now have with Eric, do you think it was there as like a, I'm at a loss for words because I'm so, (laughs) I'm so into this conversation and I love it. Do you think it was like a checkpoint in your journey that this connection with Eric, that it was waiting for you to get there? Hmm. That's interesting wording, which I haven't heard before. So my brain is like, oh, um, I'm not, I'm not sure about that the connection was waiting for me to get there, but I do believe that like, it was a part of my soul contract, if you will, Mm. to be coupled with him 
for at least this amount of time and until however long we end up being together in this mm-hmm. lifetime. The soul contract. Is that something and throughout this journey, is that something that you really dug into? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, nope. But I have, um, I've heard of, you know, I've done a little bit of digging into past lives and um, soulmates and stuff like that. And while I do believe that it's possible to have soulmates that are non-intimate, um, I think that Eric and I, I do believe that we have been together in lifetimes before. Ah. Yeah, there are certain things that, and we've talked about this and we share this, or like we both agree on this where it's like, <sighs> there's so many reasons why we quote unquote shouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, but those reasons are never important enough, enough for us. Hello. Those reasons are never important enough for us to not still choose to be together. And there's just a pull and connection that we have always felt to each other. And so I think that it does feel like there's something else going on, um, which I don't say to take away from our sovereignty as individuals Mm -hmm. and agency to continue to choose to show up the way that I do in our relationship with him and as he does with me and stuff. Um, But just like it does, I do believe that there's some sort of higher something happening between us. But here's the cool thing is you said it was a choice. Mm-hmm. You guys chose, you made that conscious choice to start this journey with one another. You made this choice to navigate everything that came up with it. Yeah. yeah I don't I know. know if most people, Nick, to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know if most people would have made that choice. And I just want to give you a virtual high five for <laughs> having the courage and the strength to keep making that conscious choice and to keep showing up. Hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. Because to sit and to sit with, with one another and question yourself at every turn, knowing that your questions are based on what society believes you should and should not be doing, but still making that choice to say, we're going to figure this out and we're going to do this together. Yes. Yeah, that's... Massive. It is. It definitely is. That's, and also, as I hear you saying that, I'm like, yeah, I do this in a lot of different areas of my life. Like, you know what I do for my business, like as a, as an empowerment coach for moms, I am not here to tell folks how they should be parenting should in air quotes. Mm -hmm. I'm here to be like, what feels aligned for you and for the human that you are and what is your best going to look like as in like, oh, you know, so-and-so knows best. And I think that the conditioning that I received around how a relationship 
with an intimate partner should evolve is I need to be alone between relationships. And what's best for me is to spend that time looking inward. And only after I've done that inward analysis, can I turn back out and, and I'm like, Oh, that actually was not what was best for me. Like I cannot imagine, and maybe I'm limited by my lived experience, but just, (laughs) I wouldn't want anything different than how it's been. Um, but that's where I think that, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I was, I was, and I'm sorry for interrupting. All I was going to say was it has really made me rethink what I put out into the world, the knowledge and the wisdom and the medicine that I, as a breakup coach, want to put out into the world. And you're absolutely right. Why do we have to continually align ourselves with these cultural norms, which frankly, ain't getting anywhere for anybody. Right. Wow. <laughs> there are folks that it really works for. But... There are people it works for, but there yeah. are people, if it worked, I probably wouldn't be a breakup coach. I probably would be doing something entirely different. But a lot of times, why we make the choices we make because of this conditioning. Yeah. We have the thoughts and feelings we have because of this conditioning. So if we were to take a step back and say, self, wait a minute, is this my own thinking or is this coming from somewhere else? Yes. And as of right now, Nick, you are my witness. (laughs) As of right now, I want to encourage as many people that I come into contact with to say, hang on a minute. If you're going to take a minute to yourself, by all means do so. But in that minute that you take to yourself, ask yourself, self, are these my own thoughts? Yeah. That the self-reflection i believe that moving forward for at least for me now needs to start there are these my own thoughts where is this coming from where did i learn how to navigate a relationship where did this where did these teachings come from where did this education come from right and does it really apply to me in this situation what is going to work for me How am I going to show up in the world to myself? How do I want to show up to someone else? And more importantly, what do I want from my next relationship? And all of these questions, they can be answered in a space where it can be free from this conditioning. It can be free from, you know, you should do this, you should do that. It's kind of like that conditioning where you... You're supposed to go to school, graduate, job, marriage, mortgage, 2.7 kids, retire, croak. Yep. And then if you don't, something, I know at least for me and my own experience, I really just kind of turned off that road and ended up in a cow patch. (laughs) It was a bit of a mess. But when you don't follow that, you feel like a failure. Oh, yeah. This is where mom guilt comes from. Right? We talked about this. It's the 
I don't think that I should be doing what I am doing. Mm-hmm. It's that. And where is that coming from? Like you were saying, like those questions that you could ask. And for me, sometimes it's sim- like, it's as simple as why. I want to make this choice. Why? Why do I want to make this choice? And then I come up with a reason. And then the, what is my next why? And often I'll be like, because I thought that I was supposed to. Why? Because I learned that from culture. Mm-hmm. Right? And then it's but, like, okay, once I've done enough of these whys, I'm like, okay, so what's actually true for me? And then going down that path of deciding what's in alignment for me, the human I actually am, underneath all of the conditioning that I've received in my various contexts. Just the other day, I was having a conversation with an expecting mom, and I said to her, I can give you two pieces of advice. One, don't listen to anybody. You don't even have to listen to me. Two, listen to your baby. Mm. Your baby tells you everything you need to know. Your baby will let you know when they're hungry. Your baby will let you know when they're happy, sad, full of poo, wants the breast, wants to play, wants to sing, wants to go outside for a walk because if what they spend one more minute indoors, they're going to lose their ever-loving minds. Your baby will tell you absolutely everything. Because I remember when I first became a mom, it was, okay, you have to, they have to sleep by a certain time. They have to do this by a certain time. They have to do this by a certain time. And bless my son, he did not follow any of those norms. <laughs> not one. To the point where I actually would take him to the doctor and say, there's something wrong with him. Because he didn't fit into what, quote unquote, normal baby behavior was supposed to be like. And it wasn't until he was at least three, four months old. And I realized, you know what? I just can't listen to any of this nonsense anymore. I'm just going to see and focus and analyze his cues. And from there, we came up with a, we came up with a routine and it's worked ever since he's three. And now, you know, aside from the puddles on the floor, we're okay. (laughs) But it was, and now that I'm, I'm saying this, it was that conscious choice that I made for myself not to listen or pay attention to all of the, conditioning that was being thrown at me as a new mom yes that's huge and my what I would add to that is because I am not yet at the point where I don't listen to it I admittedly still do (laughs) (laughs) um I just I I don't automatically integrate it I have like my whole own internal system that I pass things through to decide whether or not it gets to be a part of how I make choices. And often I might experiment with stuff if I hear things and I'm like, oh, I'm curious about that. But what I do my best to do is if I'm feeling defensive about something or not enough about something, I will look at that and be like, what is it about this that someone is sharing with me that I am having a response to, right? Like where in me is there some sort of difference that I'm feeling uncomfortable with and the more that I can consistently turn inward to explore, the more opportunities I have to figure out like where some of my edges are. You know, like, so it's, I am receptive to what other people have to say, but I do not take it all on. I'm like, I will hear you. And I'm not automatically going to make this a part of what I do. 
Now I got a question for you, Nick. And you know, as, as a parent, um, I'm sure there are movies that you watch with your child over and over and over and over again. <laughs> for me, it was Trolls. My son absolutely adores Trolls. And to be fair, it is quite catchy. <laughs> you know, the, song, the music is really great. And we drive to school with the bass pounding all the time. There's a quote from Trolls that really stuck in my head. And it was something along the lines of, happiness is already inside you. Sometimes it just takes someone else to help you find it. Now that you've gone through this experience with Eric, Nick, do you believe that you can go on a journey of self-discovery, that you can improve the relationship you have with yourself, that you can start to question your own beliefs while you're in a relationship with someone else? Um, my, my response comes with a a disclaimer I'm like is this a it's not a disclaimer it's just like (laughs) I something that one of my incredible teachers James Olivia Hillman has talked about with me is we don't change except through relating and so my answer to you is I can only make those changes when in a relationship And so the disclaimer would be, and it doesn't have to be an intimate relationship. Um, But what I am really starting to discover now as I am looking way more closely at the relationship that I have with myself is I can't passively be changing. Like sitting around and learning a bunch of stuff about myself doesn't actually matter if I'm not making different choices and taking action on that which I learn. And so when I think about an intimate relationship, I question whether somebody could learn a bunch of stuff and take apart and examine everything that didn't work in their previous relationship and make new choices if they're not in another relationship to test out how they do that stuff. Because otherwise it's all kind of happening in a vacuum and no new choices, no new pathways are being formed. So it's almost like you're learning theory, but not actually applying the theory that you're learning. Exactly. We change through relating. I absolutely adore that. And I absolutely want and I'm excited to share this with the planet because so often what can happen is that we find ourselves completely isolated and and I know I this has happened to me as well is we get so focused on doing the inner work and not to throw shade at doing inner work or or dismiss it because it is still a very vital thing that needs to happen for some of us and on an ongoing basis. But sometimes we forget that as humans, we are not put on this planet as a human being to just be a solo entity. We need to be connected to other people. We need other people around us, even if it's just for a season, a reason, or a lifetime, we need people. Yeah. 
We need to reach out to people. We need to share our stories. Because in these stories is so much healing and so much inspiration for other people to share their stories. And then that way we have this network of people sharing experiences. And granted, we are not all having the same experience, but there's something to be said for at least sharing what our individual experience is with someone else. Yeah, agreed. And the more we can share our stories from our genuine lived experiences, I think the more we can paint a more expansive picture of the number of different best ways that exist, which I think are as many, hum- like the number of best ways equals the number of humans that there are on earth and the number of relationships that exist between those humans because the best way for me to interact with my husband is not the same as the best way for me to interact with my child. Absolutely. And also to challenge the conditioning that we've received and and really start asking these questions. Where exactly did someone say? It's kind of like the whole engagement ring thing and how that originated as a marketing campaign, like in the twenties. And because of that marketing campaign, now people all over the world have this belief that you have to spend two months salary on a diamond ring. Right. So if we start to question all of this and start really asking ourselves and also start engaging, not also start engaging, choosing to start engaging in conversations choosing to show up, choosing to really relate to one another, to really ask these important questions. It's, it's time. And as of this moment, I am consciously making the choice to A, have a different conversation, hmm. and B, to show up differently. Hmm. And Nick, I have you to thank for this shift. I am so... From the bottom of my piggies, as my son says, <laughs> grateful for this conversation on Brokenhearted. Thank you. You're welcome. Towards the end of this conversation, it became clear to me that everything to this time that I've been putting out into the world was products of internalized biases, societal norms, and conditioning. So I began to realize that, no, this, this can't continue. And so from this moment on, it will not. I won't be telling people now to do things that I think or I feel that will be more accepted. From now on, I will put questions out into the world, questions that will provoke some inner reflection, provoke some thought, provoke hopefully, discussions and more conversations between human beings. So if you find yourself in a situation where a romantic or intimate relationship has come to an end, start asking yourself, self, where are my beliefs coming from? Are they coming from inside me? Or are they coming from conditioning? Are they coming from society? Are they coming from culture? And ultimately, you need to do what is best for you.
which is why I love that saying, hashtag you do you, because it totally applies in this situation. You can reach Nick at www.nickstrack.com, download a copy of 10 Motherhood Truths Nobody Talks About and Why They Matter, which, by the way, is an incredible read if you're a mom or if you identify as a mom. Nick's social media handle at Instagram is at nickstrack, at N-I-C-S-T-R-A-C-K. Check them out. They're brilliant, brilliant, brilliant human being. Thank you so much for being here today on Brokenhearted, and I hope to see you again soon. Take care. Brokenhearted is sponsored by Heart on Fire, a new kind of coaching experience. Start where you are with what you have. Begin to move past the pain. Go to bit.ly slash recover from heartbreak to book your free heartbreak recovery session today.